When you retire, you may get a chance to go to football heaven. This is football heaven. Hey guys, welcome to The Mission. I'm your host, Jameer Howerton. I just want to let you know, Black College Football Hall of Fame Classic tickets are on sale right now. Don't miss out on this year where we hope to have a huge game where we're going to get a chance to see the Tennessee State Tigers take on the Grambling State Tigers. But joining me here on today's mission is Grambling State Football Royalty. I am so honored to be joined by the granddaughter of the late, great Eddie Robinson, who built the foundation of Grambling State football, Miss Cherie Kirkland. Cherie, welcome to the mission, ma'am. Thank you so much, Jameer. That's very generous of you. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're su it's such a pleasure to have you. You know, um, before we dive in and learn about the rich tradition of Grambling State football, because I know you were right there and off camera, we got a chance to connect and talk about the rich history that you learned from your grandfather. Let's talk about the 2020 Grambling State University season. How, because I know you're connected to football, how they came along. I know you guys got some seniors coming back, some new talent coming in. Tell us all about the season. Yeah, so it, it's been, you know, this this spring 2021 season. So the 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 football team is playing right now. Uh, so the team has, you know, it was 16 months or so, I believe, before um, they started playing again in, in February. And so we've been able to play some games. Uh, it's been a challenge for for Coach Broderick Fobbs and the staff and the and especially with the student athletes. But um, you know, they have taken this head on. It's it's difficult to to try to do spring training and a season basically at the same time and then you know dodge all of the 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 covid challenges that we're having too so they've done a really you know a really good job i think of navigating all of those different challenges and you know trying to 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 get their mojo back if you will after such a long hiatus and then we're really just looking forward to to the fall um fall 2021 um we do as you mentioned have a lot of talent uh, coming in, and we've we've got a lot of uh, folks returning, so we're excited about the season. Now, Cherie, I noticed that amazing picture behind you, and you know who this gentleman is as well. We're right. here inside the Black College Football Hall of Fame Gallery, where we can't wait for you to come here this summer and get a chance to walk through. But um, that man means a lot to you. Talk talk to us and tell us all about the legacy and the life of your grandfather. Oh wow! I you know. As I was thinking about this before, you know, we came on today, I'm like, there's so many memories I have um, with him. And one thing I always say, whenever, whenever I'm asked to speak about my grandfather, I cannot do it without speaking about my grandmother, grandmother Doris Mott Robinson, because he never, you know, gave a speech or or anything without mentioning her as well. And I truly believe, you know, if if he had not had her, we may still have known an Eddie Robinson we would not have known the Eddie Robinson that we know. So I have to give my grandmother props, but um, you know, they have such a, a storied um, relationship. You know, they met in junior high school and courted as they say through high school and, uh, and, and college. Uh, they went to Leland College in uh, Baker, Louisiana, which is right outside of Baton Rouge. They're both from Baton Rouge. So, you know, it's, it's important to note that a lot of our family are Southernites. <laughs> so Bayou Classics for us are very, you know, used to be very interesting, um, interesting family reunions. But 
you know, my, my grandparents met early, uh, you know, my grandfather uh, uh, got his job here at Grambling at age 22. So they spent their lives here, you know, giving back to this university um, with, you know, my mom and, and my uncle, Eddie Jr., who coached alongside him. And, you know, uh, again, as I was thinking about all of the memories, you know, I thought through everything we did really centered around Grambling. We didn't take family vacations. Our vacations were wherever grandma was playing on Saturday. And that was perfectly fine for us because that's what we knew. You know, that's that's just how we grew up. Right. You know, I was right. fortunate, yeah, fortunate enough to grow up in, in my grandparents' home. So I was able to experience a lot uh, firsthand. Um, so I count myself very blessed. You know, I, I didn't think about it at the time. You know, a lot of times when you're experiencing something, sometimes you don't realize how big a deal it is until later. So for me to, and, and my grandmother was big on etiquette. So they taught us how to answer the phone because, you know, important people would be calling or stopping by. But um, in hindsight, you know, how big a deal is it for me to answer the phone and it's Paul Tank Younger on the other end to, to talk to my grandfather or, you know, Doug Williams is stopping by the house or, you know, Buck Buchanan and his, his, his wife who, you know, we still are in contact with today, you know, Mrs. Georgia Buchanan. I mean, those are, those are big deals. These are, <laughs> you know, and, you know, I'm around, I was around them all the time growing up. So it, 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 it didn't resonate with me that these are, you know, legacies that I'm walking among. And, and now as an adult, I can certainly appreciate it. Did you get a chance to see your grandfather grade film, break down and evaluate players? Were you right there at his hip sitting down like, Papa, what are you doing right now? Yeah, no, so we called him Papa. Okay. And too is what I thought about is, so we had a formal dining room that was off the kitchen and bless my grandmother's heart, her dining room furniture, you know, she, she had this, this pad that she used to cover her dining room table because there was always a projector on it. So my uncle and my grandfather would be, you know, watching film in the other room, you know, just uh, broadcasting it up on the wall, and they would be, you know, analyzing film for for the next week. And so, yeah, that was always a thing. Sometimes I would go sit in there, not I might asking questions, but you know, that was just again everything we did centered around it. From, you know, again uh, the trips on Saturdays to. Um, even even when I, I had to schedule my wedding. I mean, we had to schedule that around football season. And then it turned out, it fell on the date that they had a black and gold game anyway. So he was late coming home to get dressed. So yes, everything Grambling football and, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Were you blessed to ever hear his pregame speech or his uh, victory speeches to his team? <clears throat> um, if they were outside of the locker room or if right. they were then yes. So, I mean, we, you know, it's interesting. I can remember a moment my grandmother said, you know, when she actually heard him in the locker room, I don't know if it was a halftime situation, but she's like, I'm so glad he doesn't talk to us like that at home. <laughs> so, you know, it could get pretty gritty, but yes, you know, countless speeches. Um, he was such a motivator. And it's interesting to me, I, I, it's almost like he was a, this anomaly because you think about the kind of leader he was, um, the visionary he was, and he got his job at 22. So he was coaching, coaching young men who were his age, right? 
So if you think about what he built from that, and I mean, his second season, they went undefeated. So I think about that and I'm like, you know, how do you, you think about Oprah's and, you know, there are people who, who understood what their vision was early. And, and it seemed like they, they, they knew what they were supposed to do. It's almost like it was written for them on paper. And mm. those people who wanted to be a football coach and, and was persistent and, and had this plan for himself. And he really, you know, he played it out. You know, what were you doing at, at 22, Jameer? <laughs> um, I was just figuring out how many classes I needed to graduate. Right, and I wasn't right. even thinking about an internship or nothing. I was nothing. like, whoa, it's crunch time. And I think I just right. broke up with a girlfriend. I don't know. Exactly. It was like, I remember at 22 years old, my life was flipped up and I was not thinking about motivating and or coaching a football team at Grambling right. State University. Exactly. So yeah, some people are just anointed at that very tender age. That's, and that's they, the perfect they, term. They carry it on. They carry right. it on. I, I would love to dive in and talk about his mission, his values and the vision of Grambling State football. Because when I look at the top five most NFL players, some are HBCU, and you know this graphic. Um, Gramley comes in at a tight number two with 117 players that right. have, have gone to the next level with Tennessee State at 121. So it's like, nah, you know, just, right. a, just a few players. You guys are neck and neck of, of the talent that you guys have produced that has gone on to that next level. If you could really talk about, you know, your grandfather's mission and, and the values that that he held for his team and his coaches and mm -hmm. the vision at that time of Grambling State football? Well, first and foremost, his goal uh, was to make sure they graduated. So that was first and foremost. It wasn't about just playing football and it was about character. You know, you had to be someone of great character. He was producing men, you know, he wanted, wanted to, uh, he always said, um, uh, uh, talked about being productive in society. And so those were his primary goals. Of course, if you get to the NFL, we know the percentage of college players that move to the next level is, is very low. So he understood that, but he also understood those that had the shot to go. Um, he did what it took. I mean, he knew he, he molded them and, and, and mentored them in, in many different ways, you know, how to speak to press. Um, they had etiquette classes, how to use a knife and fork, because, you know, you might have to go to a fancy dinner, you know, all of these things, how to dress, how to tie a tie, you know, those mm. are just, that are just important to be, you know, um, present yourself well. That's right. And then he always promised his recruits, parents, that he would make sure they went to church. So that's how he got a lot of, of the, the Black moms over, right? So me my baby gonna go to church on Sundays too then yes you sign in with Gramlin and so you know he he's got a lot of stories about that and even James Shaq Harris will tell you you know what his recruiting story was when when uh when my grandfather came to his house for him to sign to sign with Gramlin so it was really about being the whole person and not just a football player it was so much more for him than that and I think a lot of his players will tell you that he was more of a father figure to them than anything that's amazing. You know, when I when I look at head coach Robinson, I also too think of John Thomas at, at, at Georgetown University. They just seem like those those were, you know, we're going to we're going to we're going to convert boys 
to men, to men. because yes. it's bigger. It's a bigger mission and bigger goal right. and building, building, building upstanding, rightfully so uh, citizens, positive citizens. Right. Um, I want to talk to you because you attended Grambling State and and really just what you learned from attending a HBCU, you know, and and and, and living 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 in, in in that in that whole environment. Right. So having grown up in a college town, an HBCU college town, um, you know, it was it, it literally and figuratively was home for me. Mm. So Grambling had always felt like home even before I became a student, you know, so I went from, you know, riding my bike through campus <laughs> just to go to a friend's house to actually being a student there. And, you know, I got to experience everything that um, that students should at HBCUs. I lived on, I could walk home from campus, but I lived on campus when I was a student. You know, I was the first one on campus, you know, cause you wanna be independent and That's out right. your, your family's watch. So, um, so for me, it was about um, camaraderie and relationships and, the parties and the, you know, that whole atmosphere that comes with HBCUs. But again, I think for me, it it's like home and it's like family um, because, you know, you can't get away with a whole lot. The, the, the professors know your name, you know, <laughs> they know when you're not there. And so, and, and then for me, you know, I grew up around all of these people, right? So <laughs> more so, um, you know, it was it, it was those extra eyes and the extra guidance that I needed. And I know that a lot of my friends have experienced as well who, who weren't from Grambling and may not have even, you know, come from a predominantly black uh, uh, neighborhood or, or city. You know, it's like it feels like just one big hug. That's what right. it Well, let's do dive in and let's have some fun and let's talk about a classic because here in Northeast Ohio, um, unfortunately last year with the COVID protocols, we didn't have the classic, but the year before then, it came through the Pro Football Hall of Fame like a, uh, like a, like a hurricane. We had a ball and we're hoping for this year to have a ball. Um, Coach Fobbs, Coach Eddie mm -hmm. George, we got a chance to catch up with yeah. him. He's excited, new hire. It's the Battle of the Tigers. So for people that may not know the tradition and what it's like to attend a classic, who better to tell us than you? So it's so much bigger than just the football game. A lot of people say, oh, there's, you know, there's parties, there's pageants, there's battle of the bands, and somewhere in between they play football. So, it, it, and my grandfather understood that. He understood that there could be entertainment wrapped around the game such that it could be revenue generating for the schools and entertaining for families and fans. And so that's where you got a lot of the, um, you know, the, the State Fair Classic in Dallas and the Red River uh, Classic that used to be here against Grambling and Alcorn before they moved the games home. Um, Bayou Classic, uh, there's the, the Magic City Classic, Circle City Classic, uh, the Whitney M. Young Classic in, in, the, in the Meadowlands. That's the one I used to go to. That's where oh. I got introduced to. So yes, it used to be Grambling against uh, Morgan State. And uh, right. that was my first introduction of a classic. Now, we didn't have all the weekend how we have here in Canada. And it was probably going on. I just didn't know. But the tailgating, the fun, I was like, man, Dad, I may want to go to HBCU. Yeah, it was It was like, oh, I, I never forget just going and you just to see uh, just a sea of people and the vibe and the energy like wow it is like nothing else and so you know there are so many you know they've I think the list has 
died down a little bit, but you know, we need to get back to, to those kinds of um, weekend affairs, because that's basically what they are. You know, there's mm-hmm. so much surrounding them all now, you know, they folded in career fairs and, and all of that um, for students as well. So it's, it's really a great time for, for HBCU alumni, for people just in general who wouldn't ordinarily experience HBCUs. That's a great way to get it all in in a couple of days. Um, but for the, the Black College Football Hall of Fame Classic, um, that we've got coming up uh, Labor Day weekend, uh, you know, the Tennessee State rivalry is is an old one for us. And I think I shared this with you uh, when when Joe Gilliam was coaching at Tennessee State, uh, he and my grandfather would go head to head periodically. And and actually Eddie Robinson Jr. And, and Craig Gilliam struck a friendship as well. So they had a relationship over the years. And then completely outside of that, Eddie Robinson's grandson, my brother Michael, and Joe Gilliam's granddaughter, Stacy, met at Howard and eventually married. So, so this That's amazing. So much bigger for us than than again just the game. Um, you know, we're certainly excited about you know uh, fielding our team again in the fall, and then you know it's it's exciting to for Eddie George, who's just been announced at Tennessee State, and this will be his first right. his first loss. <laughs> I like that. His you know, first loss. His loss. But, you know, it's it's great to be a part of, you know, history for him, too. That's right. That's right. And that's why I want to, that's a great segue, because I want to talk to you about the, the, the future of HBCU football. You know, you're seeing mm-hmm. Pro Football Hall of Famer Deion Sanders. Uh, uh, this is his first year of, well, right. excuse me, he's going to complete his first year of being a head coach at mm-hmm. Jackson State in the Sonic Boom. And, and now you got... Um, football legend, the Ohio State great, uh, Eddie George, who's now stepping right. into the, the role of the new head coach. Where do you see the future for HBCU football? So this has been an interesting time. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a trend or if somehow, you know, we've seen these two and and and, and I'm cautiously optimistic. And I say that because I feel like they both um, have have great connections that could translate into, into something um, really positive for our HBCUs. And, and I'm gonna hold them to that translation. And by that, I mean, this needs to turn into scholarship dollars, larger recruiting budgets, um, enrichment for our coaches, uh, you know, bigger TV deals, um, nutrition and wellness centers, our facilities if you were really to do the research on them are so subpar, our kids mm. deserve so much better. And so for a coach Dion or, 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 or coach George, I, I would hold them to that. If you're, if you're going to come here with the, you know, the popularity that you bring, then let's translate it to something meaningful for our student athletes. The other That's side of that for me is thinking about the coaches who have the expertise and the experience who have been in the trenches, who now are being overlooked for opportunities, maybe because they're not as popular. Mm. And I make sure that we're not sending a message that we're devaluing that for the popularity. That's real, so we'll that's see. real. That's real, because when you look at Florida State, where you know Deion Sanders played in the Ohio State, where Eddie George played at, and you look at those facilities. I mean, I would go on record to say, like, they're just right there at the level of NFL team facilities. Yeah. And 
you know, and, 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 and it's a hard sell when you're telling a young kid like, hey, we want you to come to Grambling State. But then at the same time, Michigan just, you know, is touting him too. And it's like, what do I do? And you're looking at this facility versus that facility. You look at, like you said, the meal program, all that, you know, kind of plays into is like, well, you know, right. where do you want me to go? So, yeah, yeah. And then like, and that, that's a great point. You don't want it to just be a popularity contest. Like where we're just trying right. to get the name for the fanfare to come like, exactly. no, we're building, we're building, we said earlier, we're building young boys into men. And this is, this is a serious program. Wow. Exactly. wow. That's, there's, that's there's, real. A, there's so much more to it than, than just trying to make sure we get on ESPN. I mean, mm. Mm. Now, with you being a part of the Grambling State University planning committees and just being, you know, boots on the ground, how are things developing? You know, when we look at, let's just be honest, with all the social unrest, you know, that we're seeing. And I know we're talking about classic and we're having fun, but just to digress right. for a quick minute, what is what does that look like now? On those campuses, how is those conversations being held with student, with not only student athletes, but just with students in general? Right, and because it's happening simultaneously with a pandemic, it's that much more difficult because you know you can't bring everybody together as you normally would. So uh, universities, I know for Grambling at least, have had to try to really figure out how do we still engage our mm. athletes, our students, period, and really help them navigate. It, this is a really tough time. Um, right. One positive that came out of you know, us not fielding a team in, in the fall was Coach Fobbs had time to really sit down and think about what he wanted his program to look like. And so uh, there's a small group of people in advisory board, if you will, for him, you know, that meets on a regular basis just to kind of, you know, hear him out and, and figure out who the connections could be, you know, and again, we're talking about recruiting and, you know, how do, how do we, um, you know, find more money for that. Uh, summer school funding. I mean, people don't think about the fact that, you know, if you don't have, uh, all the kids can't afford to pay for summer school. Mm. You don't have all of your team there together, then you don't have a lot of time to build that camaraderie and, and, and all of the other physical aspects of it before a season starts. And then you start to affect their, um, their academic progress as well. So all of those kinds of topics we talked through with him, um, since probably last summer, I mean, we, we meet every week with him uh, when everybody's available. And we've made some significant progress. And one of the main things we've done is uh, a speaker series and brought people in virtually um, to talk to our student athletes about um, mental, mental health and financial health and um, how to prepare for their careers as they're moving out of, you know, it's a big shift moving from a place that nurtures you and you know we talk about it being family and home and people are guiding you and holding your hand and then when you graduate that's it right so we talk to them about all of those things and so that's been a plus for us having been on hiatus and so that that speaker series is something that we're going to continue at Grambling as well and you know we've done surveys with the student athletes just to get their their opinions on what they want to hear about and it's really very, um, it's, it's heart-wrenching and heartwarming at the same time to hear really some of the, the stressors that they have. Um, right. so I think it's important, you know, to really just give them, uh, 
an avenue to open up and talk about what their their pain points are from a you know um, what's happening in the world to what's happening with them at school, what's happening with a lot of them at home. You know, a lot of a lot of families are depending on these kids, right? To to, to right. come and help um, support their families. It's a lot of stress. Right. Well, throughout throughout that um the whole Black College Football Hall of Fame Classic weekend, I mean, starting with September third, you know, there's going to be that college fair, and there's going to be those group talks to have that building and and positive solution driven conversations along with the step show and all the pageantry but there will be time to address certain issues with a solution based um positive um, um commentary you know just to give people a chance to kind of like you said talk but yet give solution based um right. results and um and, and and a good time a good time exactly uh, with, 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 with you know hope Marvin we can Sack. wrap it all up with a good time. We're going to wrap it all up. We're going to have a great time. We're going to have the uh, step show. We're going to battle the bands. We're going to oh, yeah. food trucks. We're going to have a great time. We're going to have a really great time. But I personally want to thank you so much for joining us here on the mission, Cherie. We can't wait to host you and your family and the, and the Gramlin State Tigers family right here at Canton, Ohio. So we want to thank you so much for your time and joining us right here on the mission. Looking forward to it.